Hello everyone and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher, a hockey podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass. <clears throat> Solo show this week. Just little old me. Uh, so, 101 episodes now. Uh, I have been on a few solos, uh, which I will potentially continue to do, uh, at least for the duration of this season. Okay, so what is going on? Uh, Watching stuff, and nothing too interesting to talk about, or at least something that I can't be like, oh, you definitely should be watching this. Um, I started listening to a podcast where they watch... A movie based on historic, well, historic history, if you will, uh, or based on a true story, and then they essentially go through whether what's real or what's not, the actual history, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, one of the ones was on the miracle, the miracle on ice, quote unquote, that the U.S. when the U.S. beat the Russians, and they referenced the thirty for thirty documentary of Miracle in Men, which is basically that kind of story, or at least that's part of the story. That's not the whole story. That's like the basis for the story, is the Russian upset, but kind of how Russian hockey or I guess Soviet hockey got to that point, why they were so successful, why or reasons for the collapse there, or potential reasons for it, uh, where it went after that for a few years, and it kind of follows. Uh, Slavia Fetisov for most of it um, as kind of the main character on the Russian side. It's really interesting. I highly recommend watching it. Um, there's some really good stuff in there. Uh, mostly, I think that all the stuff with the Russian coach, Anatoly Tarasov, is really interesting. Uh, and apparently wrote a whole bunch of books on hockey. And I wonder if those have been translated into English because I think those might be kind of interesting to at least kind of peek through and see what he was writing about and how specific the writing got if he wrote that many books about one sport. So that's something I've been watching at least. Um, I think I've probably watched almost all those 30 for 30s that I at least want to watch on uh, Disney Plus since they got added there. Uh, They're all pretty much worth watching. And I feel like they do still doing them every year, so I'm hoping that they continually update them as they're adding more. Uh, some of them are more long form now, like that OJ Made in America one is very long, but it's very, very good, uh, though there's some very, very graphic parts in it. I know we've talked about it on this podcast before. I'm pretty sure I either watched it or rewatched it at some point while I've been on this pod. So <clears throat> nothing else really I would want to mention on the streaming side. Gaming-wise, uh, Farm Simulator 22 just for funsies, good podcast game, along with still crushing away some vampire survivors. Uh, I kind of, other than what's talked about on podcasts, I don't really do the whole strat. Like, I don't look things up online. I tend not to play adventure puzzle games anymore, though I used to all the time. And if I do, I will just look up. I won't let myself get stuck for very long. I play generally games on easy. Like, I'm just looking to chill out. I'm not looking to get stressed out. Uh, so I tend to play Vampire Survivors with no audio and just podcasts I'm listening to as I play, and it's basically a game where you're only moving with one stick and then just choosing what weapons you want to auto-fire for you. Uh, and I was kind of getting to a point where I played quite a bit of it and unlocked a bunch of stuff, and I was like, oh, I think I'm good. Like, I think I'm done, or at least I'm far enough that I don't know if I want to play anymore. And then I found this whole new menu that I hadn't seen before, discovered, where it was all these specific tasks that you can do 
to unlock other things like characters and levels and, and more weapons. And I was like, oh, so I've played a bunch of Vampire Survivors lately. Um, but once I, like I said, pretty easy to play. It's basically, it's two, 2D style, I guess you could say. It's an over, it's like Gauntlet, kind of looks like Gauntlet slash Castlevania. Like maybe if you made Gaunt, the original Gauntlet with the Castlevania, like the 2D Castlevania art style. Um, and basically you just go around different levels some levels you can go up down left like any direction you want uh some are just kind of hallway style and whatever you destroy an enemy there's gems that fall you pick those up eventually you'll get leveled up and then when you level up you get choice of generally three different options and usually it's an armor upgrade or a health upgrade or a new weapon or upgrade for an existing weapon etc etc and there's a 30 minute timer on each level and basically you try to stay alive for as long as you can, just kind of moving around as all the weapons are auto-firing for you. And if you stay alive long enough, it can get to the point where you're basically surrounded by hordes and hordes and hordes of enemies. And it's just stuff flying all over the place. So I guess if you're susceptible to epilepsy or know somebody that is, don't let them watch it. Because it definitely gets pretty crazy in there. But I think it's like five bucks or something on almost every console, I believe. I think it's even on phones now, so... I don't know if you end up... I don't play games on my cell phone. I'm not one of those people. I've done it a little bit, but just didn't really like it. It's just not something... I don't know. Just not not my thing, I guess. Maybe, it's probably a lot of times because phone battery is so precious that I don't want to like be at work playing a game or something and I have to charge my phone. Yeah, whatever. Just not my thing. I'll read stuff on my phone, podcasts, music, that kind of stuff. Okay. Fantasy hockey. Um, hmm. Well, I always have a specific order I go in, so I guess that's good. Because there's no week that I would necessarily want to talk about this week. Because um, I went a big o- over three. Uh, which is not ideal. Um, though at this point in the season, as well as I'll talk about, um, I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I got to make some decisions in at least two pools. One pool, I'm pretty sure I'm still okay. Just had a bad week. Uh, So that's the pool I'm going to talk about first, and that is a 6-4 loss to the 16th place team in the big pool. Uh, And I'm fourth place now still. Uh, Didn't lose any ground, but definitely didn't gain any ground on my potential quest for first overall. Uh, I had a mad week goaltending-wise, only two wins and a 316 and a 901, but that managed to win all the goaltending categories. High shutouts, obviously. So, no problems there. That's basically where all my points came from and hits. He just smoked me offensively. I was down two goals, so that's not bad. I maybe could have tied that up. Down plus one, which is awful. That was going back and forth all day Sunday. Um, And then three power play points. So, it's not like I was far out, though. He smoked me in shots this week, which is usually not something that happens in this pool. Like, I had 124 shots, 76 hits. I did win in hits. 124 shots is usually pretty decent in this pool. 37 points is usually pretty good too, but uh, he just had a super good week. Some like he had Malkin had five points for him, Marchand six, uh, and then Tuck five, and then Trevor Zegras went off maybe because Tyler badmouthed him on episode 100. But Tyler's Tyler Zegras, Trevor Zegras had eight points last week, four goals on ten shots. That's pretty nice little shooting percentage for you there. if you want to know, my two leading scores for the week were Kevin Hayes and JT Comfer. That's how my week went. 
like Matthews had four points, that's fine. Fifteen shots, like that's a decent week. But DeBrincat had one sh- one goal. Uh, Brad had three assists. That's fine, I guess. Riley's been cold, but at least he had a couple of assists in there. Duchesne had four points. Yeah, like I had an okay week. Um, but I got some guys coming back from injury. Like Boone Jenner particularly had a terrible week. Uh, no points, minus three. Five shots on goal and three hits. And he played three games last week. So, what didn't, what? He scored on, why isn't that on here? Uh Uh-oh. Just doing some looky-lookies here. That's weird. It says he, what day did he score then? Oh, he scored on Saturday when I benched him. Perfect. Good. And Pavelski had nothing. Now that one goal would have just made it closer and <laughs> five shots. Yeah, I probably guess I should have played him over Comfer. Huh. Oh, and I had Felito didn't play, so I could have got him in. Yeah, I, my roster management lately has been, let's just call it, not great. Oh, here we go, live on the podcast. I am going to check out a current trade proposal from a team called Everything for Sale. We're going to do this live on the pod here. So he wants to offer me David Perron, who has just basically gone ice cold. He has two points in his past, like, what, month? Over a month, basically? Uh, so that's not great. And he wants from me uh, Tarasenko, who, yes, he has been hurt. Okay, fine. But he's supposed to be back anytime now. Uh, I haven't really lost much ground since he's been hurt, so I'm not losing. So this is a reject trade. There we go. Live on the podcast, rejected a trade to a podca- of from a podcast listener. So that'll be funny for him tomorrow, I guess. Um, okay, so that's the big pool. Uh, I am, let's just double check here, live. I am in fourth place. I am nine... Standings points back of second, so top of my division. And then I am 14 back of the overall first place team, uh, which isn't great, but is not awful. Uh, I'm just not going to mention that trade because if I would have, I would have made that trade. <laughs> I guess I, that's my own fault. I, I thought about a trade similar to that and I didn't make, I didn't even offer it and it's gone already. So that's a bummer. Um, Hmm. Maybe I'll see what else he wants to move. Anyways, I am still holding on to most of my high picks in this pool. Um, If something decent rolls my way that I think is keepable, I potentially would be willing to move my first, Uh, but it basically would have to be an upgrade on an existing keeper without removing a keeper if that makes sense i would not want to get rid of somebody that i want to keep next year i would like to upgrade somebody who maybe i don't want to keep long term that's kind of what i'd be looking for i'm not looking for a rental thing so we'll see how it goes this week um i'm decent shape i think even if i went 500 the rest of the weeks i would be fine 
and still make the playoffs. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks left. And I have, well, I have a pretty tough schedule, actually. Let's see here. I have two teams that are outside the playoffs looking in, two playoff team, and three. They're all below me in the standings, technically, but a lot of teams. So I don't have any other teams that are above me in the standings for the rest of the year. But I've had the most bad luck against the really bad teams. So I don't know. We'll just see what happens. A lot tends to hinge on goaltending in this pool, um, at least for me, week to week. But with Freddie Anderson back, at least that gives me some play there. That is handy. So moving over to the points pool, uh, I guess we'll say I got moked. Um, I lost by 18 fantasy points, even though I put up 130 last week, which, can I look that, oh no, that's not what I wanted to do. There, I put my own delay music in. So I had 130 fantasy points. Which, okay, fair to say I would have beat one, two, three, four. I would have beat almost half the league with that. The guy who beat me had the second highest week. He's also the last place team. Um, and that's probably the most points he's put up in a week in a long time. Which is unfortunate for me. That puts me at a 6-9 and nine record. Nice. Uh, Tyler has jumped up to a nine and six record. So he's the literal opposite of me and we are playing this week. He's in third. I'm in eighth top six makes the playoffs in this pool and bottom four face off in a consolation bracket for the right to essentially draft Connor Bedard. Uh, since we have total points also available to us as a option, I, how do I not, can I not, what? Weird. Can I not do that on here? Uh, that's weird. On the phone app, even though somebody's probably yelling because I just can't figure out how to do this. On the phone app, you can t sort it by points. Um, and I can't seem to figure out how to do that in what's in front of me on the computer here. But essentially, in total points, I am fourth of ten teams. In record, I am eighth. So this does sometimes happen in this pool. Um, there are obviously one, two, three, four, five, six. We still have seven weeks left. Like a lot can happen. Um, I've been basically trading wins and losses for the most part. I don't think I've, I've only won one week twice in a row. Some of my wins have been just hair razor thin. Um, but I'm generally putting up decent points every week. So it's really, I don't know. Who knows? Who really knows? I'm pretty much going to ride it out. I don't think I'm going to move any picks. I'm just going to just let the record go. And then if I do end up having a really poor record and it's like, okay, I statistically can't make the playoffs, then that will definitely, I'm interested to see how I approach that. <laughs> really interested actually. Um, because you would have to win consolation. And if I miss the playoffs and lose, that would that would be a poor, that would be an unfortunate season. Um, speaking of unfortunate seasons, doing my own transitions here, folks. Uh, auction pool bad, not good. Um, 
obviously have a few weeks left in this pool, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks left. I am currently in 10th place. Eight makes the playoffs. I am 10 category points out of eight. So technically, I am just as close to making the playoffs in this pool as I am to being first. In, actually, technically, I think I'm closer to being in the playoffs. So I don't know. I'm, once again, just probably going to ride it out here. I probably should start doing a little better roster management. Um <laughs> win this in all my pools to be honest um and i think i might do some of that after the podcast here we'll have to see um because i kind of just have some guys on some of these on these rosters i mean my goaltending right now because bob is hurt in auction pool is currently vegmelka and copley like i just it's not good i have an empty spot on my roster because i put bob on ir and i haven't taken him so that's good yeah so some roster management coming up uh in the auction pool because uh, I need to stem the bleeding and see if I can finally make the playoffs in this pool for the first time ever. Uh, so uh, this is usually the point where I would do my old poo-poo performer and super. I feel like I want to throw Jenner under the bus here, um, but I already talked about him, so now that feels like a cop out. Uh, Evander Kane minus four. 13 shots, 10 hits. I Does he even have a point? He does not have a point since he came back yet. He's been a minus player every game. I mean, obviously, this is going to... He's going 7-5, 2-2, 4-3. Two, like, this is going to flip up. It probably will happen. Uh, but... I wonder... I wonder... <laughs> Because Zach Hyman's going off right now. So what will probably happen is he will cool off and then Kane will go next. Who knows? Who really knows? But, I mean, he needs to score for me. Because minus is, even though he's getting... I can't handle a minus five and peripherals. That's not helping enough. I didn't win shots or hits last week. So, though I only had one guy with, other than him, with over ten hits. And that guy was a minus five. So... I thought I was doing, but I did get hits from everybody, but I just don't have any big bangers. Um, and I, once again, I think 126 shots this season. He had 148. So who, who are his monsters last week? Let's see here. Pasternak, obviously, but he didn't have a lot of shots or anything. Ooh, Stamkos had, ooh, he's a topic for later. Stamkos had five goals and an assist, 15 shots, six hits. That's pretty decent. Plus, he has um, Samsonov, Shesterkin, Thompson, and Allmark, which is just... He should move one of those goalies. <laughs> like, truly, he should be moving one of those goalies for something. I have Robin Lehner. I might be interested in a Logan Thompson. Might be. Maybe I should look into that. Might look into that. We'll see. Well, he did get Boone Jenner's goal, which brought him to an even player. So that's good for him, I guess. Timo Meyer had 20 shots last week. I almost spit out my water. That was a little... Any pauses you hear during the recording is probably me just taking a sip of water. I almost spit out my water all over everything in front of me that's all electronic, obviously. Because he had 20 shots last week. Seven hits, too. Damn. 
damn. That guy's okay. That guy is okay. Wish I had him. Uh, okay. So, super duper star. I don't know if I want to pick one this week, to be honest. To be honest. It's hard to pick one in a week where I didn't win any of my matchups. Um, so, let's just, whatever. Let's just do it. Kevin Hayes probably had the best. He had five goals and assists. He was a minus three. Flyers. Three power play points, so 22 shots and two hits. That's fine. You know what? He's it. Whatever. Fine. You are the super duper star of the week. Uh, runner up to JT Comfer, who had five points, was the plus player. Two power play points, three. He somehow had a goal and three shots. I don't. He plays really. He's just. He's a feeder player right now. So. He's doing it, though. Nice little waiver pickup. I'm going to have. Once Tarasenko comes back, I think I have an easy drop. And then more might be a little more of a decision if he comes back. Other than that, I don't even know where I need to upgrade. Like, I could probably take a defenseman, but if Brendan Dillon's going to stay positive and put up 16 hits every week, that's probably should keep that around. Um, Keander Miller obviously not didn't put up five points in 100 shots last week. That's not going to happen every week. Okay. So let's get into some news here. Uh, I was going to do signings because I was like, oh yeah, there's those big signings that happened. Uh, and then I realized that there wasn't any. So I guess I don't have to talk about those. Uh, there was some stuff from last week uh, that we didn't get to. Um, I can't remember if this is from last week or recent. I think this happened like the night we recorded or the night after. Um, go through this quickly. I don't really want to spend much time on it. Um, Ivan Provorov refused to wear a Pride jersey and do warm-ups. Well, he refused to do warm-ups in the Pride, the Pride warm-up jersey, uh, which raises money for various LGBTQ plus charities. Um, fine. You're allowed to do that. That's whatever. You be you in that way, I guess. I don't think it's right. I think you're an idiot and a donkey and it's just a fucking jersey. But... The bigger annoyance to me, other than Tortorella being like, oh yeah, fine, no, it's he's going to do, I respect him for it, if anything, blah, 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 and it's like, yeah, you scratch guys for probably being like 10 seconds late for a team meeting, and this is something where he doesn't go out for warm-ups, and you're like, yeah, he can play the most minutes on the team tonight, that makes sense, so Torts is a donkey as always. Uh, Provorov did answer at least, he didn't shy away, he came out and answered questions after the game. So, at least he did that. But he basically tapped the religion sign and said no more questions. So, that's not really answering anything. At least, I guess he gave a reason. I don't think that's a good reason. Um, because there are other Russian Orthodox players in the NHL, such as Igor Shosturkin, who had no problems wearing a pride jersey for warm-ups. No problem at all. Doesn't, they're not out there waving a flag going to the parade. Even if they are great, awesome. Even if they don't, that's but like it's one thing to it's one thing to think it in your head and it's one thing to say it out loud. I mean you're outing yourself as a bigot and a homophobe, so at least we know now. Um I feel like your NHL career is probably not gonna go too great now. 
if this was back like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even, it probably isn't even that big of a deal. And it's probably more than just him. And it's probably not even a religious thing. It's probably like guys being like, nah, whatever, blah, 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 whatever bullshit they used to say back then. The fact that this is the first time this has actually happened does mean something, you could say. Like, Tony D'Angelo, notably, is on this team, and he had no issues wearing it, um, regardless of what he thinks. And I honestly don't know, and I don't care. But given his kind of history, if you will, and who he associates with, the fact that he was like, no big deal, let's go, I'll wear it, then I don't, whatever. Like, Provorov, you said you can't do it because of religion, but you live unmarried with your girlfriend. Like, come on. I'm pretty sure that that's probably not... And probably worse for you because that's a personal thing that you're doing. That's not somebody else doing something. You're caring about what somebody else does. Who cares? Who cares? Are they hurting you by it? No. Is the jersey going to burn your skin when you put it on? No. Is everybody going to think you're gay, I guess? Or whatever you're... I don't even know. Are, are you going to get excommunicated from your church? No, I think they would probably more concern about you living unmarried with your girlfriend. But hey, you do you, buddy. Sure, this is going to go really well when there are already rumblings that you were maybe not the best person in that dressing room. So, um, I guess Tyler's happy that uh, the Kings probably are going to trade for this guy now when that was like one of his main targets, probably. Uh, and also one last thought on Tortorella, um, if somebody decides to say I'm a Buddhist and I am not going to wear a military warm-up jersey for military appreciation night, do you think that Tortorella will say that's cool, I respect your decision, and play him the most minutes on the team that night? Probably not. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, okay, a bunch of guys got hurt, or some guys got hurt. Uh, two Canadians, Slavkovsky out by done for the season. Caulfield, same thing, out done for the season. Uh, selfishly, I wish Caulfield would have been hurt last week so I could have won my big pool week, um, but whatever. Uh, undersized. Slavkovsky is obviously bigger, but he's 18. Out with a shoulder injury. This is This happens. This is usually what happens with undersized, not even undersized, young players in the NHL, especially one like him. He's tech power forwarder, quote unquote. If you're a power forward, this this is another reason why I think it was silly of them to have him in the NHL this year. His style of game means that he needs to like push through guys, bang and crash, like hound the puck, all that kind of. He's they're he's supposed to be this power forward type. He is not built for being a power forward in the NHL right now. It's not possible for him. He doesn't have that size. He needed to be against guys that are not monsters on the ice. He needed to be decent somewhere. Like, he's going to have... Now, he basically lost the season for all intents and purposes. Like, okay, he got to taste of whatever. He had a taste of being on a shitty team in the NHL. Ooh, great. Like, who cares? Like, I... There's... Just because he's playing in the NHL, like, you got to play meaningful minutes. You got to get your touches. Like, he was playing... 8, 10, 12, like he wasn't playing meaningful minutes, like maybe he's getting power play time, whatever, but at the start of the year, they're trying to win games. If anything, you should have put him down somewhere and then brought him up near the end of the year when you're like, okay, just go out there and let get a taste for this. Play for a month, maybe two, like when this probably wouldn't have happened, or hopefully, I don't know. I just, I don't think he should have played this year, and this to me, I guess, proves my point, if I will. Um, I know it's the injuries are freaking random, but come on, an 18-year-old playing in the NHL, 
think of some of those guys who could be crushing down on you in the corners and stuff like that. Like, it's not surprising you would have a shoulder injury. Caulfield's a little different. He's slightly older, but still, he's very small um, on a team of very small people, basically. Uh, sucks that he's hurt. I mean, but if if there was a season for him to get injured, this is the season you want it to be in, not in a season where anything matters. This, If anything, this helped both of these helped the team this year. Because now you're guaranteed you're just it, – not that it was going to happen anyways, but you're selling, you're just trying some guys out, you're just rolling through your season now. You're just rolling. You're just playing out the string and hoping that you get a generational talent. And you might have two swings at that this year. You might. I don't know what the second swing is necessarily. It might not even be a guy we think it is. But you're getting one swing at a generational talent for sure. Like math, potentially Matthews level talent here. Uh, so two unfortunate injuries that we're going to talk about. Uh, Max Pacioretty finally made his long-awaited debut for the Carolina Hurricanes after being traded by the Golden Knights in the offseason to essentially free up cap space. Uh, traded him for cap space, essentially. Like they didn't give up anything, Carolina, to get him. This was talked about as a huge... This is basically a big deadline pickup for them. He played... Oh, I should look it up. I don't have that in front of me. Uh, you'll have to bear with me for two seconds here. Because this is why it's sometimes hard to keep up with said brain. Because I don't always uh, remember... Oh, no. Pat, see already. Uh, Max. <laughs> P. Man, I haven't spelt his name in so long. Okay, so he came back. He played one, two, three, essentially four games. Had three goals in four games. Shooting the puck like crazy. Uh, basically, it looked like exactly what you were going to get from him. And he had a power play goal already. Perfect. Took two games off, came back, played 16-38 in a 5-2 win, boom, tore his Achilles. Like, you could see it on the ice they were showing, it and he grabbed it. Like, he grabbed it. So this guy's basically, he's toast for the year. Like, that's what's going to happen here. He's done. He's out for the year. Uh, now Carolina potentially, though, has some cap space to actually... Well, they're going to probably have to make a move now. Like, they're going to be looking at a top six forward guaranteed now with him going down. And who they go after, who knows. But they're going to be in the mix, and they're going to be a player for a guy. They generally like to take on guys with term, but we'll see because I feel like that's going to be the thing with a lot of teams out there this trade deadline is there aren't going to be other than I maybe the Bruins... Uh, I can't necessarily see many teams just wanting to get rentals. The big rentals is obviously going to be Bill Horvath. There's already rumblings that teams are going to want to talk about potentially extending him if they trade for him, et cetera, et cetera, which obviously would also affect what value you're getting back for him. So if you can have that conversation, then you probably should do it. Uh, the other thing is Josh Norris re-injured. So these are two re-injuries, basically. Josh Norris now out for the season after coming back short. Not basically for... Oh, here I go again. 
least I remember how to spell that name. Patsy already. Uh, Norris. And I... I wish I could do a live feed of me trying to spell Norris the first time because I wasn't really looking. So he came back for three games, scored a goal, was just basically getting his feet on Irving again. Uh, shoulder, bye, gone. So that's that's he's out now too. After basically this year being looked at as a potential breakout candidate who did break out last year, um, tough, tough season for that team. They were supposed to be something. They are essentially nothing. I think they have their, well, let's see. Let's find out here. Where's an Ottawa Senators logo? There it is. Do they have, yes, they do. They have a first, a second, no third, a four, five, six, and two sevens. So they do have their first. They have two seconds in 2024, which is so good for them. I'm not saying they should trade their first. I'm just hoping that they have one. <laughs> um, because anybody they could potentially get in their... So this team's problem, though it might not be next year, but right now this team's problem is defense. They have one more year of Nikita Zaitsev at 4.5. I am assuming that that is 100% going to be a buyout this summer. Uh, Zub is hurt right now. Tyler Mott's hurt. He's UFA. No, that doesn't matter. That's not even... They have, they're losing 3.6 of Cam Talbot next year. Maybe they bring him back for... I don't think they should because they have two more years of Anton Forsberg at 2.75. I'm not sure what you even do there. See what happens, I guess. Their goaltending hasn't been great right now. They still have 1.56 of retained Murray. They have basically 5 million in dead cap space next year between a bunch of buyouts and retention on Murray. So that's not great for a cast trap franchise. Um, and one that, I mean, if the other thing about this team is like, so Debrinkhead is an RFA, and he, to me, is the biggest question mark on this whole roster here. Because you got Stusil's extension kicking in next year. That's going to be 8.3. He's definitely not worth that yet. Um, Matthew Joseph at 3 million. He was recently scratched. He's got 3 million for 3 million. Now, apparently, that, I don't know what that was, but still, that's not ideal. Drake Batherson at four more years at 5 million. That's probably fine. Claude Drew, two more years at 6.5. That probably looks like a could potentially end up being a Marlowe deal. Brady Kachuk at 8 million for whatever it is. Whatever he got is fine. That's 100% fine. Um, you have some guys that you could potentially bring up. DeBrinkhat's, to me, the guy that you have to think about moving. It doesn't seem to be working out on either line for him right now. Uh, for whatever reason. And with Norris being gone all season, that he doesn't exactly had two amazing center. Well, I guess he's got Susel and Kachuk, but Kachuk's more of a winger. So he's got Giroux, or yeah, he hasn't maybe had the best line mates this year. But to me, if you're Debrinkat, you're probably looking at a, you want probably eight million. <laughs> like you're probably looking at you're obviously not going to get whatever over Stutzla. Or Kachuk, so you're probably hoping for like I think Ottawa at best is going to offer you seven five, maybe he's currently making six four, um, 
he's arbitration eligible RFA. I mean, I feel like you could get more than you traded for this guy. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do there. Cause you're, you trade, you sign him, then you want to be good next year. And I don't know with that defense, unless you make some, to me, that's where I would be looking to spend my money. Like you're going to have a lot of turnover. You're going to buy outside to have harmonics going to be gone. Nick Holden's hopefully going to be gone. You have Shabbat there for a while. You have Jake Sanderson actually looks decent. Um, and then you have to get a bunch like you need like four defensemen. So you to me you trade to bring Kev and you try to get one of those. Then you use that extra money to like you ideally you're trading. Okay. I am going to look at something here. Can I look at something? How fast can I do that? Okay, here we go. I'm going to look at a certain team's defense. I don't think that would. That's not helping your problem. There's nobody here that's helping your problem. Definitely not at that level. Would you trade Bath? Like, why would they do that? Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. Unless they're reflipping them, which would be maybe a third team in the three team trade. That's probably actually the best way for him to move. Because the team's going to want goal scoring. is also not going to want to give up a defense. So maybe it, there's a team moving picks. And a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. But to me, you got to move that guy if you can get even break even on what you gave up for him. I think you got to do that. Um, but what do I know? I just do a podcast. On hockey, uh, Steven Samko scored 500 goals. I just had that wrote down. That's pretty cool. Obviously, he's a for sure Hall of Famer. Um, a lot of injuries. Could that be six or seven? Who knows? Um, probably close to six between lockouts, injuries, all that kind of stuff. Um, he probably has 600 goals for sure. Could he still get 600 goals? Potentially. Maybe. I think that's within range for him if he stays healthy which is always tough for him also. But what, okay. What should we, what should we do here? So I've been going for about almost 40 minutes, give or take. Um, the last topic is the Vancouver Canucks. And the nightmare situation going on here. I don't know if I really want to talk about it. I feel like I've been talking about this team doing stupid things for years. Even before Rutherford was hired. And somehow, some way, the guy that was brought in to calm everything down. And not make this a huge insane nightmare. And at least point the ship in a direction has come in and lit the sails on fire blamed the captain for it the ship now directionlessly going nowhere <laughs> the, the fans of the ship are cheering for it as it burns <laughs> and saluting their captain to the point that he's going to tears and by captain i mean boudreau by coach i'm making the pirate analogy here and Whatever, it's dumb. 
Rutherford is basically coming in on the complete opposite of what he was supposed to do. Um, he's now complaining about the things that he did himself. So the Horvet versus JT Miller thing is really... The whole Rutherford press conference, everything he said, both of them now and the one hiring Tockett, which has now happened. Uh, Brujo was put out of his misery yesterday. And Rick Tockett, who has been just a totally meh coach for his entire NHL career as a head coach, um, making the playoffs, I think, once and not doing anything in them. Compared to Boudreaux, who had multiple first division finishes and led the league in, like, president, whatever. Way better coach. Um, do I think... Now, here's the thing. As soon as Rutherford was hired, he was like, I don't want Boudreaux. Apparently, he didn't realize he had another year on his contract. He was going... That... Boudreaux coming in for the last 20 games didn't make the playoffs, whatever. He got his little run, got a pay. But he wasn't going to come back for that either. He needed at least another year, whether he was... So Travis Green already on the books because they fired him to bring in Boudreaux. Now Boudreaux is going to be on the books for the rest of the season, and they've now hired Rick Tockett for some insane reason. Um, this is the classic. You let Boudreaux run the season out. You just let him go. And you just dismantle the team and say, we're just going to run the season out. It's not working out. Um, Bruce is the coach until he's not. He has a contract till the end of the year, and you just stop talking about it, and you let him do his thing. And if it gets to the point where the fans are booing him and all that stuff, then eventually maybe you put him out of his misery with like 15, 20 games left. Let some random guy on the bench take over for a bit and just run out your string. That's what you should be doing here. Because you can't win next year either. This team isn't good enough. This defense is ridiculously awful. Like you're paying... OEL, four more years at $7.2 million to be bad. To be bad, bad. Like, bad. You have Tyler Myers coming one more year at $6 million. If he has any trade value right now, you 1,000% should be pitching him over it. You happen to get Ethan Bear. He seems to be fine. Great. Awesome. But he's not going to change. He's not making anything better. Riley Stillman. Travis Dermott. Luke Shen should be traded. Like, none of these guys are moving the needle. Demko should move the needle. He's hurt. He's got three more years at $5 million. Like, maybe he's a guy. To me, you sh this should be a anything that has value is be get buy. Buy. You're just total rebuild. But you can't. Now you brought in Tockett. You can't do a total rebuild. You're probably going to re-sign Kuzmenko for some stupid deal. He's shooting the lights out right now. He's probably going to be a 40-point player next year. Like, you're just signing Ballard. You have Connor Garland right now. You're probably going to buy that out. Uh, $4.9 million, And he's probably going to go to another team, and he's probably going to have a better season than whoever you decided to keep or re-sign with his money. That's exactly, I would almost bet everything on it. If they buy out Connor Garland and re-sign Kuzmenko to anything over $3 million, 100% Connor Garland is having a better season at probably some stupid amount that's going to be nothing next year for a decent team. Because he could be a decent tweener forward. And by tweener, I mean like second or third. Second unit power play. Got a little crunch to him, but he's a little undersized. But he can play. You can put him on the right team. He can do some stuff. To me, that's a guy they should be trading, but they can't because they paid freaking sign him too much too long. JT Miller... Could have traded him this year. Would have got a nice little haul for J.T. Miller at 5.2 on an expiring contract. 
huge. Now you do have Bo Horvat at 5.5 on an expiring contract who should be getting the contract that JT Miller was given, which was the craziest thing of Rutherford's original press conference where he talked about how we can't pay Bo Horvat for what he's doing this year. We have to pay for what he was before. We can't pay him at his peak, which is exactly what you did for an older player who peaked and who was new to your team, not around. Bo Horvat's your friggin' captain. You could have just signed him up. He said he would have stayed. He would have went through whatever. He gave that ridiculous $6.6 million to Brock's contract to Brock Besser that you're probably going to buy out now. Like, just. Elias Pettersson has one more season at $7.35 million and then is an RFA. Trade him. Trade him. Trade him. Rick Tockett is not doing anything. Sergey Gonchar is not doing shit with this defense. I don't give a shit. Are they going to be better till the end of the season? Yeah, but the bar right now is super low. Their two goalies are Spencer Martin and Colin Delia. That's not getting you anywhere. Demko, I'm assuming, will be back at some point, but still. They fucked up Pearson's friggin' hand so bad he might not be able to play anymore. Like, what is going on here? And we only found out about that because Quinn Hughes made a comment about it. Just complete, unhinged, directionless franchise. Um... This is the headline for the talk it being introduced by Athletic Canucks writer Thomas Strands. As Canucks introduced new coach Rick Tockett, they continued to wage war on reality. Yes, three head coaches in 13 months, and they're still talking like they can do something here. Why are you bringing in this guy to re- for a retool? You don't hire a new coach to go through a retool. Not an experienced one. That's what they were for. You bring in a new guy, you test the waters, see if it's going to work. So, so insane. It's just cursed franchise, bad trades, bad everything. I don't, I don't know how you get out of it. He's like, we got to create cap space. Well, you just signed a bunch of random guys. You signed Mikheyev, you signed JT Miller, you signed all these guys. They are not going to give you cap space if you keep making bad signings. You're not going to get cap space, buddy. It's not how that works. It's not how that works. All right. I've had enough. I don't want to rant about the Canucks anymore. If somebody else was here to bring up a relevant point, I would. But I don't think there's anything there worth building around at this point. I think you got to just go to the fans and say, hey, times are going to be tough. But we are going to do this the right way. And you got to burn it down. And you got to start all over. Which Rutherford doesn't want to do either. He's freaking old. You brought an old guy in to do. You got to bring somebody in that's young. That was the one thing nice about Shanahan is he can go through ten years. He can wait ten years. He's not ideally <laughs> like he has time. That's what they need right now. They need time, and they have people that hate waiting. You have a child waiting for Christmas every single year, and instead of trying to save up for presents he constantly just buys overpriced crap and then is mad when it's not a really good thing at the end of the year just go through some bad stuff the Leafs finally managed to do it a decent enough way have they had the playoff success no obviously not um but they have managed to make the playoffs for a bunch of years in a row now and now are a super competitive team so that's what i wanted i wanted to sustained competitiveness and chances that's what i wanted were chances consistent chances where it's not like we're squeaking in 
hey, you never know. I didn't want that. I want we're going in and we are one of the chance. We have the chance. You can, whether you take it or not, I guess, is up to you. So that'll be the podcast for this week. Uh, I've been trying to get Sean Robinson on here as a co-host for <laughs> feels like a month now. Um, but it has not worked out for various reasons. Uh, I'm still hoping to do that. Um, and we will occasionally have Tyler back here. Uh, so thanks everyone for listening to the podcast this week. And I will talk to you next week.